Talk of the Town with John and Melanie. Alive from Ottawa is our our MP for Simcoe Gray. We say hello to Terry Donald. Good morning, Terry. Great to have you on the line. Good morning, John. Always uh, great to chat with you as well. How are things in Ottawa? Is is World Cup fever taking Ottawa by storm? Well, I can tell you, everyone's quite excited uh, here. There's a lot of uh, members of Parliament uh, trying to uh, find ways to get out during the day if they can to watch uh, parts of the game. And uh, it's been exciting. Uh, at the beginning, it was really, really exciting. That last game took a little bit of a hit on us, but uh, we're, we're certainly proud of our team and uh, proud to be part of the World Cup. Uh, let's get into some of the uh, discussion, folks. Uh, uh, a lot of folks worried about the economy. The uh, economic statement came out, and uh, uh, th- there's certainly some nail biting going on. Well, we're uh, you know cer- certainly our our party wasn't uh, over- overly pleased, and we're discussing it now uh, in the house uh, as we speak. Um, our, our major concern: we had two things that we wanted to see uh, in that budget, and that was uh, no new taxes. And, uh, and number two, we wanted, uh, for every new dollar spent, uh, we wanted a dollar saved at this time because uh, we've been over budget uh, quite often in the last few years. We know that uh, COVID's certainly been a part of it, but it's only been 60% uh, of that cost. There's been 40 that's just been, been increased. So um, we're, we're kind of worried. The parliamentary budget officer, as we know, is um, nonpartisan. Uh, he's he's uh, Mr. Giroux has actually said that the Liberal government has, has failed to show any fiscal restraint uh, in this fall economic statement, so $52.2 billion uh, more in new spending. So there, there are those concerns as, as we, you know, put more money out there, uh, we have more inflation. As you know, we have a, a huge problem there. And, and he also raised the issue that, uh, you know, the transparency in government, There's what we see in here is there's $14.2 billion in new measures, um, which that actually show no specific details where that money's to go to. So um, we, we believe that, you know, part of the reason there, there's a lot more money uh, in the government coffers right now is the high inflation uh, that people are paying and, and also oil and gas. Uh, the, just the, the cost of that is, is giving a windfall to the government. And uh, we've been pushing at this particular time because my office is swamped uh, with calls from, from all ages, all demographics uh, worried about, uh, you know, renewing their mortgage, uh, what that means to them. Uh, heat, uh, a lot of seniors that, that are out there not, not uh, being able to survive. Uh, so we, we have concerns to, to make sure that we didn't want to see any new taxes. We think at this particular moment in time, uh, I think we're the only country in the G7 that's actually charging more uh, on carbon tax to people now. And it's just, it's right, quite frankly, not, not the time. There's, there's a lot of people struggling. So uh, we're continuing to discuss that. There, there are some measures in there that uh, are are good to, to see to help people hopefully um, to purchase homes but in, in general uh, we, we're not really uh, real real you know supportive of as the bill as it is, sits now so uh, we'll continue to debate that in the house what would you change well like I said for us it, it, we, we don't want to see any new taxes okay. uh, put on people at this particular moment in time and and the big thing is is for every dollar uh, spent we want a dollar saved we know that there's a lot of uh, waste in the government and people say where will you find it um, you just look uh, at uh, you know sometimes we spend, send money different places in the country at this particular time I can say we need to spend it here uh, in Canada when we look locally like I said we're, we're seeing um, uh, you know certain percentage of the population falling way behind uh, we're looking though we don't actually um, operate the hospitals uh, that's uh, through the province but uh, those those health transfers we, we just think that we need to rejig some of the finances I think the government get, collects enough taxes it's just I don't believe that a lot of those pl- taxes are going to the things that truly matter uh, to help us here in Canada 
lot of discussion over the regulatory uh, ban on assault rifles. The, uh, uh, the federal government trying to do some tweaks on this. They say it's just to be prepared for uh, the challenge of, of manufacturers making slight changes to, to weaponry that can then make it get by some of the bans. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, well, I think I think first of all, the the, the real discussion here should be uh, exactly what are we achieving, and and I think quite frankly, um, we're not achieving anything for the cost that we're here. We we know that that you know they're going after the C twenty one. It's going to ban millions of of hunting rifles with a no a new prohibit. There's a new prohibit on any rifle or shotgun as a capable of discharging center fire ammunition uh, in a semi automatic manner. Uh, so basically. Hunters aren't the problem. It's basically it's an assault, I think, on most of the hunters here. And quite frankly, we don't. There's no data to back that up. Um, instead of going after you know the illegal gun owners, which we should be doing, we think the money of these buyback programs. Let's put it to, to border border security. Let's put it to uh, police uh, organizations uh, across Canada to go after the gangs and the illegal guns because that's what we need to do. So, um, you know, true. Basically, the government's took office. There's been 124,000 more violent crime incidents in 2021 compared to 2015, uh, and gang-related homicides have increased 92 percent. That's what we need to go after. We need to go after those that are committing the crime. We're seeing that. Uh, time and time again, and yet we have bills come forward to, to lessen the term if someone's caught with a legal handgun. So I think the problem is is we're going after the wrong individuals. There won't be a change uh, in, in the outcome that we're seeing, unfortunately. Um, in general, like we're seeing these violent crimes that are increasing. And quite frankly, that money could be used, um, again, for a lot better things, perhaps, like I said earlier, health care transfers, or that money in the buyback, that, that billions of dollars, quite frankly, could, like I said, go to local polices. Go, we really need to uh, up our, our border securities. In fact, in, in most discussions uh, with those that are, are part of the police force, uh, they will tell you the same thing, that, that the reality is this is not going to change what we need to change. And uh, so for, from my perspective, I, I think it's, it's kind of a, a mute issue, and, and it, for the most part, just seems to be virtual signaling. Uh, in not only Canada, the federal government, but the entire world has their eyes on Russia's war with Ukraine and, and the potential that that could spill out into NATO countries. Do you think Canada is ready and, and are we poised to take care of this if that should happen? Well, I think, quite frankly, unfortunately, I, I guess the answer, if I was to be totally honest, is probably no. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, in spirit, I think we would want to be there and we're going to certainly do everything we can because we have to make sure that we support democratic societies because uh, if we don't and we don't support our other countries, uh, one day we will need support and it won't be there. But uh, statistically, if we look at the investments that we've made um, to, to our defense system, uh, we've been lacking qu- quite a bit, and I'm, I'm going to say that even prior to uh, prior to this current government. And uh, I think we need to step that up. We're having a difficult, difficult time uh, recruiting, uh, getting people involved. So our manpower is low, and uh, unfortunately, our, our um, you know all the tools that, that you need, uh, all the equipment. Uh, we're low as well, so uh, I think in spirit we're there, but I think when you, when it comes down to uh, actual bodies, that we're we're behind. Uh, we want to do it, and we got a great uh, 
you know, we certainly have a great uh, military uh, presence in those that are in it. I want to thank all those that uh, are part of it. But I think uh, I think the government in general has, has, has lacked what we need to do to make sure that we can be, uh, you know, a partner uh, that we need to be uh, with other with other countries. I know what your thoughts were at the time of the Freedom Convoy and the Emergency Act being initiated. What are your thoughts on what you're hearing and seeing from the Emergencies Act inquiry? Well, I can say this: people have issues uh, one way or another. John, you're either you're either for for what happened there, or against what that what happened there. But I think if you can pull yourself away from that thought and just look at it itself, and and just the use, and this is what we're looking at: it's the review of 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 the you know the Emergencies Act itself, which was passed in 1988, is what what exactly did we do and why did we do it and, and did it, you know, choose, by choosing that, did, did it change the rights and freedoms of us, uh, you know, as, as Canadians? So uh, as far as I'm, what I'm watching, I don't know if the government's really made the case um, that it actually met the threshold of a threat to national security um, that could be resolved without using existing laws. And we heard a lot of that from the majority of the, the police organizations out there. Um, so we're just concerned that when it's used, it can't be used that easily. It's not really there for that. We're supposed to find ways. So um, we certainly have concerns from where I'm sitting, just looking at it in general, because we're just studying. It's just a public order emergency commission is just looking at uh, why why it was used. Um, and I, I, I don't know myself, I, I don't know if, if it's met the threshold. I, I don't think it has uh, when we hear from a lot of the police forces out there. And I was here right at the beginning, and I often thought that uh, the first thing we should have done is perhaps uh, had discussions. They'll tell you that in most hostage-taking or, or anything of that, any police organization is the first is communication, uh, have that discussion, and then and then go from there. And I don't know if we necessarily uh, did that. So I, I think the key to this is there's passionate people on both sides uh, of this discussion, but I, the, it really, really centers on, on the fact that did we need to do that particular uh, Emergencies Act in order to clear everything that was here in Ottawa and as we saw in the bridges that went by. Um, I personally don't think that's the case, but uh, certainly excited to see uh, when uh, Commissioner Rulo, uh puts out his, uh, his final report. Terry Dowdle is our MP. I really appreciate your time with us again, Terry, as always, joining us here in Talk to the Town. Thank you, John, and I hope if anyone has the chance, they get out the Santa Claus Parade. I have three of them. I have Creamore, Stainer, and Lyle. So if you have the chance, come on out this weekend. Look forward to seeing you. You're doing more Santa Claus Parades than Santa. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's quite a few. It's, uh, there's a lot of Merry Christmases this weekend. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas to you, Terry. All the best. Take care. John Eaton and Melanie Kay's host, Talk of the Town, weekday mornings on 95.1 The Peak.